So in this podcast, we're basically going to be speaking about Kilimanjaro, which is uh, yeah the biggest mountain in Africa. It's one of the seven summits in the world as well, which I was privileged enough to climb in uh, 2015. 2015. 2017. 2017. 2017. <laughs> oh, my bad. 2017. 2015 was uh, another another adventure. Yeah, so we, so I climbed that in 2017. And basically in the podcast, we're going to speak about like how, how I experienced it, what we kind of did. It was myself and my dad, which is really cool like a father and son adventure and some of the challenges some of the things that people don't speak about and yeah also just like if you want to climb Kilimanjaro how do you go about it what company I used uh, I'd probably get a good discount if you book and just mention my my name because uh, yeah I've just made some pretty good friends with the tour company uh, in Kenya and Tanzania so yeah, if you want to book and get some discount, I'm sure they would uh, help you out. So yeah, let's get started. All right, cool man. And um, Francho's with me again. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be asking yeah, the questions. I'm always gonna be here now. Every time I came back from an adventure, Francho was there asking a lot of questions, so he knows a lot about all the all the trips. I know everything. All the pictures and stuff. <laughs> right. So uh, so why did you decide like on uh, on Kilimanjaro, did your because I remember you talked when you spoke about it. You said no, your dad was going. It's like your dad decided first. Yeah, he he kind of when I when I cycled uh, Cairo to Cape Town. Yeah. One of the one of the days I cycled and I could actually see Kilimanjaro in the distance, mm. and we my dad and I spoke about it that night and I was. But like, was your dad with you when you cycled past? No, he wasn't. He oh. wasn't with me at that stage. He only joined me later on, but uh, we chatted about it that night, and I told him, yes, we just I just saw Kilimanjaro and stuff like that, and then he kind of like started researching it, looking into it, and then he was like, it's something he really wants to do, uh, yeah, before he gets too old to do it, because there is an age limit on the on the mountain, yeah, not too sure what but it is. Sure, what's the age limit? You don't know what it is. I'm not too sure. Because I remember, like, I, I um, looked at the record the other day. For Kilimanjaro? Kilimanjaro is the youngest and the oldest. I think the youngest, it's like a kid that was seven years old yeah, that climbed it. Probably. And the oldest was like uh, 78, I think. Yeah, I think those old. those people probably have done stuff like that in the past and they get special permission to climb yeah. it. But generally, a tour company won't take that risk oh, and say, yeah. I don't know, it must have been the 60s or something like that. No, the, the, the kid when it was seven was recent, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, geez, that's... That's incredible. Just the mindset. Like, I yeah. remember going up the mountain and, like, I don't know. If you're that young and you don't have your mind sorted out, it can get pretty pretty challenging. Yeah. You've probably done some, some stuff like that in the past. But, uh, so you said your dad started doing research on it and and he said, like, that's really something he wants to do. Yeah, so the, the guys I was with in, in Kenya and Tanzania while I was cycling, mm-hmm. we just became good friends and then... When I got home, my dad was speaking about, hey, well, maybe we should do Kilimanjaro. And then I contacted them and they were like, yeah, I mean, we do tours like that and we organize everything. And they gave me a like, great, great discount on uh, prices and that. Okay. So then he was like, okay, well, let's do this. Go ahead, chat to them, get all the information, find out the routes, find out which one's the hardest, which one's the best. 
um, find out everything you can about the mountain. And I actually read a book. We both read the book, just about the route and different ways you can climb the mountain. So there's quite a lot. There. I mean, there's a the Coca-Cola route, which is like a, the easiest route. Yeah. Um, then there's the northern route, which is pretty, yeah, quite quite beautiful because the the scenery changes a lot. It's the longest, and then there's I think a western route, which is pretty steep, quite challenging. Guys that don't have a lot of time to try and summit quickly and then get back down. Is that is that the quicker route? The west. I think it's yeah. the western. But it's more challenging. You said much more challenging, like steeper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so then that's how we decided, and then my dad was like, <coughs> after we got all the information, got the quotes, got what we wanted to get out of it, and then from there we just started planning. Yeah, planning, saving up. When do we want to do it? And we went at a rainy rainy time of year so it was a lot cheaper yeah and it was a lot less people uh, people it. on the yeah. mountain yeah i can't imagine doing it when it's like so packed and yeah. i mean it's, this stuff has got very commercial yeah, no for sure yeah and I, I remember um when i did my practical like the guy <coughs> or the ceo of the company went and did kilimanjaro as well with his son because his son came from germany yeah to 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 his practical as well with us and then they went to climb, climb Kilimanjaro, and he was like, was so busy and didn't really enjoy it that much because there were so much people. Yeah. So I mean, that, that was one of the things they, or he told me about it as well. I mean, we did it end of, kind of end of March going yeah. into April. But is there is there a certain time you can't do it? Certain time of the year. I think it's all year round. Yeah. So because it's Africa, the, the oh, weather yeah. at the bottom and the weather is generally okay because it's at the equator so there's no real crazy times where it's like you're gonna freeze to death okay like you know the everest windows and stuff like that yeah so Everest so windows it's uh, i think there's like two windows a year yeah but you can do it so it's not limited like that you yeah. can pretty much go whenever you you want but try look i would say going the rainy it's not that bad being on when it's when it's raining when it's rainy season yeah yeah, it wasn't that bad. Just go with a good company that doesn't have like leaks in their tents yeah. and stuff like that. But and other then than that, it was, yeah, it was. And then, um, does it get hot there, like in the summer, if you climb the mountain? In the summer, uh, well, it's kind of hard to know when the summer is because there's like, uh, it's all year round. It's pretty much the same temperature. And there's always snow on the mountain. The equator. There's always snow at the top. At, at the peak yeah, so I it's always going to be cold there daily it changes like if they have a crazy weather window then there's more snow and when we went there was a lot of snow the whole mountain from the bottom of the final base camp and then ascending on the last day our the whole mountain was full of snow the day before we left which and the tour guides were like that's awesome because they haven't seen yeah. the mountain with that much snow in such a long time okay. so we were pretty lucky to have a lot of have all a lot snow. of snow yeah but it melts like so it'll be really snowy in the morning and then melts away by afternoon it's there's like it's nothing gone. yeah so it's, it's africa so. yeah it's <laughs> africa so that shit's gonna melt yeah and uh and is there like uh is there any pointers you can like give the people that's interested in doing this what what, what kind of pointers would you give them to start planning if they want to do something like this and and uh, what's the things you you learned by planning this? And 
where did you like bump your head with certain things and yeah the would rather where you could have done things differently what you know now if you if you can climb Kilimanjaro again now what, yeah. what would you what would you do different the biggest thing that people say is like oh it's just a hike so take the five day tour the six day tour and just go for it that's what we did so we booked like a six day tour and then i'd been reading so much on the plane when i got when we landed i was like dad i think we should take an extra day of acclimatization on the mountain because they say the more days you take the more guarantee there is of summiting mm. so the less days you don't have the body doesn't have time to adapt the chances of not summiting is very high so we took that extra day last minute so to anybody that's going plan your trip five days six days whatever but i think add an extra day of acclimatization and it's an awesome hike you can do like a great day spend an extra day on the mountain just get acclimatized better before you tackle the summit so take your time don't try to rush the trip into five days yeah or of you've got a gap in the year try and try and do it try to take like a couple extra days on either side of the trip also kenya is such a beautiful place that when you finished on the mountain take a day and do like the safaris yeah there's some amazing parks around there that aren't astronomically priced it's, it's well priced and you can get like game drives and basically stay in like tented tented villages but beautiful like yeah. five star tented villages for good price you've got a view of the mountain there's like zebras and hyenas walking like in the fence Just next to you yeah. so it's it's beautiful so i would yeah. say like spend some time there Just appreciate it place, properly yeah. so bumping my head i would say make sure you know what you're getting out of the trip mm -hmm. Make sure you see the itinerary and don't just take it for, you know, for granted. Because I know some tour companies. It's like they're trying to rush it. They try to rush it. They yeah. really try to rush it. And it, they don't care if you don't. No, I don't yeah. want to say they don't care. Like, obviously, the best summit, the summit rate is uh, important to their yeah. company. But some of them are just like, they want to get as many tours done as possible. Yeah. So if you're going to take five days and then they can get down the mountain and go straight for the next five next day five, trip. Yeah. That's going to be better for them than doing like five days and then you deciding you want an extra day and then doing like a seven day trip. Oh, yeah. you know? Then so they, they have to really, stay there. Yeah, they might advise you, hey, let's do the shortest trip possible. Mm. So ask for that extra day. I would say that before, would, beforehand. Before. Oh. Yeah, before, like take that extra day. That would be, okay. that would be my best advice. And how long did your planning take you to, to plan this? Or how long could you plan? Like if we. Let's say if we decide today we want to do Kilimanjaro, how, how long would it take to plan everything then? I would say a month. You could plan everything in a month and then maybe depending on availability and what the tour company says, that you could probably this month plan, next month wait, the next month be there. Oh, so about two, three months? Yeah, two, three months. It's not very difficult. They plan everything. The porters... Yeah. And uh, yeah, the porters like carry all the equipment, the kitchen tent, yeah. and all the pots, the cooking, the all that stuff. So they all the planning happens on their side. All yeah. you got to do is carry, carry like a day pack, even okay. though your majority of your clothes and uh, the stuff you have and and need, they carry for you. Yeah. So the only stuff you carry is basically your water and your food for the day. Yeah. So it's and and then is it. Is it possible to, to, to do Kilimanjaro solo without a porter? Do you think? Or I don't think it's legal anymore. Is it? Yeah, I think it's the because of the tourism rules and stuff that they have. I mean, you've got to employ. Yeah, you've got to basically employ porters. 
to work for you. To, to carry. And it's not like villages when you go to the base camp. There's no, they carry everything up. Oh, everything, everything up. So from when you land at the at the mm. first, what's the first place called? Yeah, that day one was wrong guy cave, like going to the cave. So I mean, th those first couple of days, when you start at the bottom, I remember like we stopped and I remember seeing five or six porters laying out all the all the food, all the stuff that they prepared in advance mm. to carry up. And I was like, geez, this is this is quite a team just for two people to go somewhere the mountain. But it's cool in a way because they get employment. Yeah. So they get paid to, to do it. Look, their pay is not great. And uh, that's why I recommend tipping like mm. pretty well to to the staff. And then, you know, then you know you so, yeah. getting looked after well. Yeah. yeah, so after the... Yeah. It's like basically tradition that when you get down after yeah. after the couple of days you spent on the mountain, they you actually like tip them some extra. And it's, I mean, it's, it's your choice on what you want to tip them. Yeah. But... Uh, understand that they don't make a lot of money and they've helped you for yeah. this your success is depends on them. to them yeah 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 cool. is there anything else you want to add on regarding like planning it and, and any mistakes that you that you made that that you can point out take sun cream like we forgot sun cream we got to the first village and we had to pay like i think it was something like 200 no it wasn't that Sixty dollars yeah. for sun cream, which is like seven hundred bucks. Yeah. Because a guy had to go from the mountain, get down the mountain, go to a town, fetch the cream, and then get it Come to back. us the next day. So it was like a whole, like in the morning we left and we we asked for the sun cream, and when he got back it was like two in the afternoon. So take sun cream, because it got pretty hot. And if the, if I didn't have sun cream, I would have died. You've got a sensitive skin. Hey, yeah. Fair skin, bad vulnerable type skin, itchier and type skin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So take sun cream. Like that was everything is expensive. If you get to a mountain, if you've forgotten something, you're gonna pay it, a lot. You're gonna pay a lot of money because they're like, oh well, you need this. You need it. That's <coughs> so why. we're gonna charge whatever we want. And and water and all of that. How does it work? Oh, they carry all the water. Oh. There's plenty of water. Okay. Plenty of water. And how did you how did you find the food? Good. Food was good. Yeah, they cook like different stuff every single day. Uh, when you arrive in the afternoon, so you basically hike the whole day. Not the whole day, you hike maybe <coughs> from 8 in the morning till sometimes 11 in the morning or 12, like lunchtime-ish or just after, depending on how fast you go. Generally, they, they hold you back, make you go a bit slower. When you get to the camp, you just chill out, relax a little bit, then they bring you like tea, like hot rooibos tea and uh, popcorn, you know, I'm gonna make like, popcorn in the mountains, it's the best. Looking forward to that popcorn every every day. So then they have that snack, then they make you lunch, and and they cook properly. There's like a, a proper qualified cook that uh, has his kitchen staff. And you see the kitchen, it's, it's crazy. It's like a whole tent for the kitchen. And they cook and then they call you and then you go to, I mean, me and my dad stayed in the same tent. And they'll call you and then you go to the okay. tent to eat. But that tent they set up there, is it only for you and your dad or is it for all the other people that's... Just for your camp. So your your that company is okay. dedicated that to you. They do double up if there's a big tour group. So say like there's eight 
eight people climbing mm. or something like that. But there must be some sort of limit. Yeah. To they probably if there's that many they'll probably have like two cooks and then there'll be like an extra guide because everything you have to carry. So the bigger the group, the more porters there has to be to carry stuff up. And you see how these guys carry the stuff there. Massive bags like on their head, balancing stuff and gas bottles for cooking, and they just they just mission here. Like they leave after, like when you finish and you start hiking, yeah, they, they have pack to pack up, up everything. everything. And once they've packed up everything, while you like climbing, like suffering, like, yeah. ugh, they just like shoot past you, set up camp for the next day. <laughs> so you feel like a real amateur. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing this for a while, son. Yeah, you see, so they fly up that mountain. Oh, that's true. So there's, there's no, there's no like, um, they don't use any like animals. No, they don't. No, Kilimanjaro, they don't really use any. Okay. Any animals? I don't know why. I think it would uh, help, but I think the animals are really slow compared to how quick they would move. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I think they just get it, and also like, you would need less people if you had an animal. Yeah. So instead of having an animal, just employ somebody else so that yeah. you can get some money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I, I think we we touched everything there. If you, uh, yeah, if, if you everybody is interested in doing it. Yeah, so probably like the just the, the tour company. Like the tour company I used was Kibo Slopes. So K I B O, and then one word next word Slopes S L O P E S, Kibo Slopes Safaris. They've got offices in Kenya, Tanzania. They do gorilla tracking tours. They do pretty much everything in that, in that area. eastern. Is it eastern? Yeah, eastern Africa yeah. area. So I think even. So when you you are Tanzania, Kenya, Rwanda, Uganda, they've got offices. They organize that and uh, well well priced, very professional, cool drivers, cool staff, really really a good experience. Um, budgeting for it, you probably look at about three thousand, three thousand US dollars for like a seven, seven day trip, porters included, tents, food. That's without flights. Without flights. Okay. The flights would be your own, your own expense. Yeah. And on that price, you could probably get it for less if you use them. I think and just. Just say like, yeah, hey, I know Keegan. Said I should book through you guys, a friend <laughs> okay. of mine. Yeah, I'm sure they'll give you a discount because yeah. it's it's a competitive market, yeah, and sure. I think they appreciate loyalty. Yeah, so one thing sure. I've learned in Africa is like, if they they appreciate loyalty and they'll reward you for sticking with them. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't get anything from that, obviously. Like it's just my friends. There. Yeah. Like they're not gonna send me money for <laughs> feedback. Yeah, for like sending people that way. Yeah. It's like athletes when they. Like, hey, I drink these BCAAs, get discount, and then meanwhile they get everything goes easy. Yeah, no. Yeah. None of that happening in Africa. Okay, so let's start with it. You, you, so you're going to you're gonna tell us a bit how your trip went and what you uh, what you experienced and, and all of that. So, so it's seven days. It was a seven-day route. Was it seven days up to the mountain? No, I think it was. Let me double-check there. So day one, day two, day three, day four, and day five gets you to base camp. Then day six you summit, and then you go back down. And then on the 
seventh day you get back to the gate basically okay. where you entered in so that extra day that we took was day four so it would have been day one day two day three day four and then try to hit the summit on day five and then come back down okay. out on day six but we took the seven day trip so we did uh yeah first four days the fifth day was like uh yeah basically well the fourth day was the extra acclimatization day day five we hiked to the base camp and then day six went for for the summit okay and, uh, and i mean if you see the distances we walked like the first day is six kilometers next day is six kilometers next day is six kilometers all the days are like six kilometers and then the summit day is seven kilometers up seven kilometers down oh yeah so that's a pretty tough and long day a long one yeah but all those days are pretty much they're really short six k's is not much to it's not a long it's not a long, a long walk. walk yeah yeah but it takes time because as you get higher up it's harder air gets thinner and if you push yourself and get the heart rate too high you can't really recover from that so you so your heart rate would stay there for yeah and you get your, your start getting headaches and not enough oxygen and so you actually got to hold yourself back the whole time go slower 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 take your time yeah and uh so, so out of these days what was your what, what was your the funnest day you had or, or, or the one where you experienced the most uh, hardship or enjoyed the most or yeah so out of these days the most enjoyable day was obviously the summer day yeah that was really cool to be at the top you said your, your your dad when did your dad start getting sick on on about day five yeah. he started getting like really bad headaches feeling dizzy wanting to throw up yeah the whole time and then the guide started to say like shit like you know he's he's really suffering but yeah. uh, he still went for it on the summit day got really close but yeah you don't mess around like people die up there so and especially if you start coughing and you're dizzy and you're confused and then it's safer to to head back down and i mean he's not he's not young super yeah. young so the older you get the more risk there is so the guides called it on the summer day and were like okay you gotta Turn around go back go down yeah and that's when i what i carried on yeah but he was probably pretty pissed about that at the stage yeah. I, I don't think he yeah. knew what was going on oh yeah because he was so just, confused yeah i mean it, yeah. the guy had to hold his arm and go down with him like he didn't know where to go and what was really but, happening oh when he ca- came back to like two senses he was probably a bit pissed i think so yeah. i think on the way down i think he was pretty disappointed yeah he doesn't talk much about it but the fact that he doesn't want to go back and try it again yeah. tells me like it was it, it was, was tough for him yeah, yeah it was tough yeah. So he's not even like, oh, I want to go back in summit. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I gave it a go. Yeah, been there, it's done fun, that. But it's over, yeah. yeah. Because I remember, like, uh, he used to tell me how he, how how prepared he was. He used to hike around the estate here and yeah. with his bag every day. You come when you when you get home, he's like busy walking around here with his bag. Yeah, hiking and trying his <laughs> getting gear prepared. And stuff like so he was he was pretty bummed, but you still get you still get the whole experience. Yeah, no, sure is pretty cool i mean at the end it's not the the summit that counts is there yeah the experience the, the adventure and the experience yeah i would I, like for me it was all about the summit <laughs> i was like i want to be on top of that mountain <clears throat> i want to see that sign how many 
what altitude I'm at. I want to see the sunrise. I want to see the snow. I want to be there. So that was for me the goal. Yeah. But then coming down, you kind of all that pressure's off, and you can just enjoy Relax, it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, how was how long were you up there when you? So l- let's let's l- let's go through it. So when you the, the day when you summit, what time do you wake up? Just uh, yeah, let's start on day one. Like okay. I mean, the first day is a uh, for yeah hike basically. It's still very green. It's still very low. You're walking through like forests type yeah. stuff. It l- it looks like you're walking through a forest. So you can't really see the mountain ahead. You get to Simba Camp, and then there's finally a clearing of the mountain if you if there's no clouds. Yeah. And that night it actually rained. So we had our first bit of rain. Slept early. No altitude issues at that stage. Everything fine. Yeah. Next day, wrong day two, was going from Simba Camp to First Cave Camp. And at the end of that day, we were at 3,450 meters above uh, this, sea this level. This is, what's this, <coughs> day three? Day two. Day two, okay. Yeah. So you p- that's when you kind of, it's not bad yet, but it gets rocky now, and yeah. it's a bit steeper, so you go a bit slower. <coughs> bit of a longer day. Yeah. And um, But why, I see a day three, you go back down. Yeah. Yeah, you go, you go, you go back down. That was our starting to like acclimatize. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so the second day you climb high, and then the third day you come back down again. Yeah, first 2, night stayed at two thousand seven hundred meters yeah. above sea level. Second day was three thousand four hundred fifty above sea level. Then we went day three. First cave camp. Kikwela. Kikwela cave. Yeah. And then that was basically a six kilometer acclimatization hike. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And then from that day, so we kind of like hiked up yeah. the mountain and then hiked across. Oh. So, so we went slightly down. And that down was like the, the acclimatization day. That was enjoyable because there was no pressure of going up. Yeah. And we felt better on that day. Yeah. So that day there was nobody with us. So we basically were with people. And then from there they headed straight up. We went sideways on the mountain to get an extra acclimatization day. And we were the only people camping at the next place for two so two days on the mountain we were alone because from there we went up to Mawenzi Kikwela so this is day four you go from Kikwela cave to Mawenzi now you're going up again and then that night you stay at 4,330 meters above sea level and that's when the shit started like my dad started getting headaches started feeling a bit sick and you feel like that the whole time it's not like it's it's better. doesn't get better. Shortness of breath. You just feel tired the whole time. That was a beautiful place to stay, though. There's, I mean, the at looking Mawe- at, the at Mawe- what? Mawenzi. Mawenzi. So Mawenzi is one of the peaks on oh, the yeah. on the mountain. So, so you're, you're on the peak, so you can see. No, you're at the bottom oh, of this. so you can look. Look up, and you see there's like there's snow on the mountain. There was snow all around us. Was, yeah, there was like it snowed the whole night. On uh, your tent as well. On the tent as well. With f- yeah. Tent froze it like ice on the zip when we woke up the next day. Uh, I remember that night was when I freaked out, like, because I'm I'm a bit claustrophobic in that, and because we were so isolated, there was no way down on the mountain. So there we had to go down and then across the mountain and then back down. So we were so isolated, the only way was up. And I was like, if there's shit now, like I can't breathe or something. I don't know what I'm gonna do. It's like you can't just run down the mountain. Yeah. So I got pretty freaked out. 
Because you on, were like you said you woke up and you were like yeah I was, you I had was like no breath or yeah I couldn't breathe I was like uh, shortness of breath you can breathe but it's just different yeah very short of breath and difficult to breathe and I woke up in the tent and I was freaking out I was like like hyperventilating yeah. I was like I was trying to get out of the tent it was raining outside yeah. and snowing and I was trying to get out of the tent and go somewhere but I don't <laughs> know where I was gonna go my dad was like, like calm down calm down it's pretty scary pretty scary and then like you actually have to just control your mind and just think like okay well oh, you can't go anywhere <laughs> just chill out I'm and out. breathe yeah Cheers panic eh? like a because panic like, attack where are you going <laughs> yeah it was scary so that day was was a bit hectic and then on top of my dad feeling so shit now yeah. he has to deal with his son in the tent like freaking <laughs> out so i felt pretty bad the next day because after i'd had that little episode yeah. the next day i felt great i yeah. was like if I can handle that, I know what it feels like. I'm good. I'm good to go. And, and did you know? Like, he didn't sleep the whole night. Why didn't he you know, sleep? Because of headaches and things? Yeah, headaches. And he slept so bad. He probably slept a total of like an hour or two a night. So he was like sleep deprived, taking headache pills. Yeah. He just felt shit the whole time. And it was, he was not himself, which was, you yeah, know, sad. But some guys handle altitude some guys can't and there's, yeah. there's no test for it no for sure you only find out on the mountain yeah. which is pretty shit like you pay a lot of money to go to do a mountain like Everest and they're like oh well, well you, you got this far it. but you can't make it because yeah. you suck at altitude and you can I don't know if it's genetic it's just like yeah, maybe it is. they don't know why some people can and why some people but can't it's no yeah, I mean you probably get it from your mother's side then not from your dad yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah my mom could probably climb up a mountain or something like that Okay, so in day four, you were at 4,330 yeah. meters. Right, so then from there on, you hiked to... Yeah, day um, five. To the the Alpine Desert. Yeah, through the Alpine Desert. Through the Alpine cool. Desert. Is and then stopped at Kibo Base Kibo Camp. Kibo Base Camp. So that day, you climb over the mountain that you slept yeah. underneath. And then when you get to the top of the mountain, you just have this view of nothing it's just sand it looks like literally a desert on top of the mountain yeah it's like rocky it's cloudy it's a saddle on the mountain so you climb up and then there's just like this this saddle it looks like you guys are in the clouds yeah we are pretty much in the clouds and you just walk the whole day and you can see the camp like five six k's away and it takes forever to get there you know at one stage we passed like a uh flight uh, not flight uh, airplane oh the airplane yeah, yeah air, like a little airplane actually crashed there uh, illegally so it was flying I remember they told me the story there was three people on board they flew uh, they didn't have permission to fly over the mountain but these tourists paid to do oh, yeah. it then there was some sort of storm and then the plane went down and I don't know if there was yes there was one survivor but he's paralyzed oh yeah and the pilot and no the, uh, was it the pilot that lived might have been the pilot that lived and the two people in the plane both died but i mean if you crash up there I mean, it's, it's going to be a long time to, to get people down yeah so they have yeah. to get stretches and all of that basically yeah, they've they've emergency got like services there yeah they've got like these stretches with one wheel on mm. you put the guy in there and you just like run down the mountain the guys do that or absolute animal marathon runners going downhill on a mountain with you on this picture yeah <laughs> it's pretty pretty crazy sight to see 
But Josh, we're on the saddle, and you can see the, the camp, and you just walk in the whole day. And when you get there, you're like, okay, cool, this is base camp. And base camp is weird because there's like this whole... People are pretty stressed out there. They know they have to summit the next day. People are sick, coughing. It's cold, freezing cold. Yo, it was... Cuba. Yeah, it was really cold. So it's kind of this, and there's a shitload of people because now you get like four or five routes on the mountain, but all meeting at one. Yeah. yeah. So summit day, there's like so many people on the route. Ready, and all of them probably get ready at the same time. Yeah, summit. depending. So the porters kind of know. Well, not the porters. The guides know. This is what pace we've been going up the mountain. We're pretty slow, or we're pretty fast. We have to leave at this time. Like, we left freaking early because we were going so slow. I don't know why we were going so slow. It felt like we were going fine. But uh, we woke up. So we w- you go to bed that night. I think you have dinner at, like, 8 o'clock. No, we had dinner at 7. Then we had a meeting at 9. No, to discuss the... Probably even earlier. 6 o'clock dinner, 7 o'clock we had a meeting. To discuss the next... What the what summer the day. Oh, yeah. So 7 in the evening we met for the last time. Had some snacks and some tea. And it basically gave us, this is what you have to wear. You've got to wear thermal stuff underneath. Make sure you've got your gloves. Make sure you've got the all the cold gear that you took with. Because that day you need all of it. Because you leave really, really late at night or early in the morning. It's dark. There's no sun. It's, it's freezing. It's the coldest day you're going to have. So they tell you your gear. And then they're like, cool, go to bed. We're going to wake up at 11 o'clock at night. Have like like, getting ready. I don't know even what meal that was wasn't breakfast like it I don't know it's like yeah it's fe- it feels weird you just have like some sandwiches some tea and then you get your gear on get out of the nice warm wooden hut other guys are still sleeping my dad and I were the first guys to start walking headlamps on that's all you can see you can see like a little but you didn't have any backpacks or going small up? backpack oh, with yeah. your like sandwiches for the day they give you some sandwiches and water water anything you want to take you got your phone for camera stuff mm. like that so basically that's that's, that's all you have and your hiking poles obviously it's pretty cool though. they help a lot and then yeah then you're off and you start walking slowly you just start how long is the how long is the the, the, the summit that day is like seven kilometers seven up. Kilometers. So it's the same yeah. distance you've been doing to get to the top. But usually you get to the top and then you rest. They bring you tea and biscuits and you chill out. Now you're going seven k's to the top, get into the summit, and then you got to come back down as well. In, in the same day? Yeah, so it's I a think long then, day. then it's a nine k down because you sleep lower than you slept mm. the night before. So you go further than base camp and go back down to yeah to another camp. So the summer day, it's crazy. You see some crazy shit on the mountain. Like going it's up dark, or coming down? Going up, like at the stage you're going up. So there were foster people that were coming past us. And I think we were kind of close to the back when we got up higher. Mm. So we had hardly anything to do before the first. And you, you basically get to the top and then there's a rim, the crater rim. So you get to the top of the mountain and then you've got to hike around the rim all the way to the, the top the point the point point, yeah so there is it's like the first summit you do and you look down and it's pretty crazy and people are still coming up and that's when you you start hiking the last so when you get up there you're pretty much there 
but my dad didn't even make it to the first one. Yeah, just sick, confused, wanted to throw up. When guys generally start throwing up and stuff like that, then they, no, serious, they yeah. call it and then they send them down. I literally, we literally saw a guy, we spoke about it yesterday, <laughs> like in the snow, vomiting and shitting himself at the same time. It was horrible. <laughs> was he, was he busy going down then? Yeah, he was, he, he got up there and then the guys were like, bro, you gotta come down. So, he started heading down. There was a Chinese lady that was also being taken down. Like, she she was fighting, like, hitting the the guides that wanted to take her down. But she couldn't make it. She was, like, confused. She couldn't even walk. She was, like, collapsing every time. People, like, just collapse. And it's... <laughs> the the yeah. porters is just like, oh, it's just a normal day in the office. Yeah, the porters are just like, okay, that one's coming down. This one's going up. This one needs oxygen. This one's probably... You're gonna need some emergency assistance, and they're just like on radios the whole time. Yeah. So chill and calm. <laughs> the lady starts fighting them. Yeah, I mean they're punching. She's punching. Like, they're just like, down. yeah, we're going down. <laughs> That's crazy. So and you can't see where you're walking, so it's dark. You kind of uh, switch backing up the yeah. whole mountain. So you're just looking in front of you, and it's rocks, and it's just climbing and climbing and climbing. It's kind of monotonous. It gets pretty. Boring. Yeah, pretty boring. And you look down and you just see a whole bunch of headlamps coming up the mountain behind you. Like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. We got to the top. Well, I got to the top. At one stage, they, my dad went down with the, the guide. And it's pretty cool. The guides, like, go down with you. They're not like, oh, we really want to summit because yeah. they've done it so many times. And the other guy kept on going with me. With you, yeah. And... Yeah, that's when I was, we pushed a little, little bit. So because my dad was, was kind of slowing us down a little bit, we pushed a little bit for maybe oh, less than a K. Like 500 meters you push. get to the, We got to the top of the peak, I ate a sandwich, and then I was like, oh shit, I think I pushed too hard, because then I started getting this headache. Yes, and it feels like this headache is... Pounding. Oh, it's pounding your head from... It feels like there's a, something going through your head so painful and you just like have this pound you can hear the headache it's, yeah. like, doo, doo, doo. it's terrible <laughs> every time your heart beats you can feel it yeah exactly yeah. like that exactly like that and then then the sun rose and that like lifted my spirits a little bit walking along but it was freezing there was a l- it was very windy it was like minus 20 degrees yeah. and because of the wind that chill factor was even more yeah it was bad and uh, the the guide actually said to me, it's a, one of the coldest days they've had that season. Uh, yeah, so we we kept going, and then when when I got to the the final like couple hundred meters to the summit, I was like, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. We made it. Get there, we spent hardly any time at the top because there was a huge storm coming. Yeah, it was like windy and it was unpleasant. People, it was terrible. So we took a couple of photos at the. How long in total did you stay up there? At the summit? Yeah. Maybe 15 minutes. Okay. Mm. Is there really much you see there? Then? You look down and you see snow and you see the clouds and you, you can feel how high you are. You're like on the top of Africa. It feels pretty cool. And then you look inside. the. It's like a volcano. Yeah. So you look inside and there's a big crater. You can see to the other side and you you actually see the, you know, the snow in there and stuff like that. Which is pretty cool to see. But after you've seen that, there's not much... 
you're like, oh well. Yeah. And then, else to see. And then, then you head back down. You start heading back down, and then it gets shit. Because you, you said to me that then when you get back down, it's like every man for himself. Yeah, it's hectic. Like, people are rushing to get down. And I felt so shit, like the guy had left me. <laughs> just like going slowly. I've got this headache. I'm hungry. I don't know if I'm tired or hungry or sleepy. You don't know how you feel. You're just like, this is the weirdest you've ever felt. Got to that point again where you come down. So the other point, climb down some rocks and then you... You see where you've climbed up the day before, or not the day before, the, the, the night mm, yeah. before, yeah. And it's now it's the sun is up. So you can actually see where. Yeah, it's like I think it's shale, yeah, rock or something. I don't know what what exactly it is, but there's it's loose rocks all the way down to base camp. So guys are just jumping, like jumping, digging their heels into the the rocks and like, like sliding down yeah, surfing down surfing the down the <laughs> slope yeah it was crazy i saw some crazy people flying down there like running <laughs> i was like what the hell's going on so i was like trying to be conservative jumping slowly going but the guys were leaving me felt like it took forever to get down you can see the camp again and you're just going and you're going and you're going and you're feeling more shit and more shit and i mean there's a photo of me when i got back to base camp just knocked out had water and I just slept for like two hours and then they wake you up and they're like okay we gotta go down now because you can't stay up here yeah you, you can but <coughs> you need to get lower to feel better yeah so then you hike another I think it was another three or four k's from there down to the next camp so it's seven what is it seven k's up seven k's up and then seven k's down back down to Kibo yeah, seven k's back down to Kiba. Oh, and then we hiked another nine k's. The so same wake day. you up, give you some food, and then you hike nine k's down, and you fly. Now quick, the guys are like, quick. yeah, yeah, we go. They just and and the lower you go, the the better you start feeling. Yeah. So as you go lower, you start feeling better. Start feeling better as you as you get lower, and then the next the and the camp we stayed at lower was yeah. now on a different route. So we came up wrong guy route. And then we went the Coca-Cola route on the way down because it's the easiest yeah. way. And I mean, but so in that day you actually hiked twenty-three k's yeah. in total. Yeah, smashed. My toenails were like hit in the front of my boots the whole day. On the way down, I was hungry, grumpy. Yeah, you feel you don't feel great, but it's beautiful views. Now you start seeing other parts of the mountain. And people are happy because some so guys summited, some guys didn't. You know, you're yes. not that focused on getting to the top. Mm. Right? It's more relaxed. More relaxed. Yeah. So, it's, so it's pretty cool. And you chat to the porters and the guides and stuff like that. They start telling stories about the mountain, which is, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty much. And then... When you get to Rombo Hut. Uh, Morongo. Day seven. Oh, yeah. So then, yeah, you sleep that day at Morongo. And the altitude... There's no altitude here. Uh, it doesn't say what mm -hmm. altitude we were at there. But then the next day, you're basically hiking down to the exit yeah. of the of the gate. Ambuseli, um, Ambuseli Game Park. Yeah, the the Morongo Gate. So coming down, Horombo Hut. That's where we stayed, yeah. and then hike down to Morongo Gate, which is basically the exit of the park. Oh yeah. And that's 19k, so that's 19k's down. And I hated it. Like, going up was awesome for me. I really enjoyed it. But just, I don't know, I always just have long legs. <laughs> they just fly down. I was, like, always behind. 
Like, yo, I'm not too felt good. heavy. Yo, the guys are like, my dad's like flying. I'm like, sheesh, you're good at going down. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so they were like smashing me there. 19 Ks. Get to the end of the 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 tour basically, and there's like a little office that issues you a certificate. It's like a place to have some food. Oh, it was my birthday that day actually, oh, yeah. and then the guys made me a cake. So the cook like spent the whole day making the whole night making me a cake that said "Happy Birthday, Keegan" on it. It was amazing. We got back down, had some cake with the guys, gave the guys the tips, and then the driver picked us up. And we got transported back to, I think we went back into Kenya, where we, yeah, I think we flew, we flew back the next day, Nairobi International Airport, and, yeah, from there, well, we spent a day in the, in the game park, so we had, um, Amboseli, was it? Yeah, silly game park, which is really cool. I think we think we have a lot of animals in South Africa. There, it's just like, oh, in the distance you can see like thirty elephants, twenty it's, it's giraffes, it's like flat, flat, yes, yeah. open grasslands. You see like, oh, there's ten lions there, just some hyenas. It's crazy. Yeah. It was beautiful, and then we we drove uh, had a had a like a beautiful day the next day. So we camped at this. Well, not camped. We stayed at a like a like a lodge chilled out had some beers that night just me and my dad next day on this game drive in the beautiful park then across Kenya into Nairobi and yeah flew that day from Nairobi got back to South Africa and we were smashed just like slept the whole way had a driver pick us up and he just takes it out of you you can't explain it it's just you feel like you've had a tough couple of days that altitude does something no for sure yeah your body is not used to it eh? it's pretty much the the trip so yeah. if that's uh, if people have any expectations about it that's uh that's that's what it is it's beautiful some of the most beautiful sights i've ever seen like at summiting is is awesome can't explain it yeah you can't explain it it's a good feeling and it's it's addictive like you want to climb more want to go to another mountain you want to do other things it's out of your comfort zone but it's it's cool i think everybody should try climb at least one mountain yeah in their life just the experience and do a smaller one before you do everest you might be shocked <laughs> <laughs> yeah just take everest and times by 10 or take Kilimanjaro and times by 10. yeah it's crazy yeah. and uh is there any other stories you had of, of the whole trip and you said something about you you guys had like your your permits wasn't right so you had to oh shit yo so basically when we arrived my dad and i were like hey what did we forget our yellow fever books with our vaccinations in and it's v- they, they're pretty strict kenya and tanzania to get get into the country and out of the country without that certificate is almost impossible but uh yeah, so every time we got to a border, we were like, shit, this is the one we're going to get stuck at, sent home. The goal was to just get up the mountain, get down, and if we got stuck there, somebody could sort it out for sort us. It out. But it's pretty scary. So you go through the border, 
and the driver was actually taking our passports in and we just stood outside while he stamped it so he pretty much gave a like a tip for the guy to let us through <laughs> so we're traveling from kenya into tanzania tanzania into kenya without our yellow fever books which yeah don't forget that because you will you can get denied access into into the country but we had the vaccinations yeah so we were safe, but I mean, you can't got prove it, yeah, yeah. you can't prove it, so there'll be, yeah. Safety. Anything else? No, that's pretty much, pretty much Kilimanjaro. And uh, you said you would, you would do it again? I would do it again. I, w- I would definitely do it again. I think in a group of people, like you could have a pretty much a party up the whole mountain, you know. Certain points you can have some beers and yeah, it's a pretty relaxed vibe up there. You meet interesting people, probably from all, all ways of life and yeah. around the world. And a lot of Chinese people, oh, a lot of Europeans climbing. Oh, there's a lot of Chinese doing everything, everything. It's like they want to see the world, yeah. yeah and they and seem uh, to have a lot of money as well. I mean, where can people go and have a look at fighters? Do you have fighters on? Social yeah, media. you can just go check on on uh, Instagram, and then you can check on Facebook as well. Yeah. Just Keegan Longier, and you can go check out. There's a whole album of Kilimanjaro, and the photos are beautiful. So if you're not convinced to go and do the mountain, have a look at the photos, and you'll just be blown away. It's pretty cool. You can even see the picture of my birthday cake there. <laughs> <laughs> like cool. I mean, that's it. Yeah, awesome. So next next uh, podcast we're gonna be doing. Seven days in Swaziland with 70 rand, which is 10 rand a day, which is basically a dollar. A dollar a day. Less. Yeah, less. It's like f- half a dollar. What's that? 50. What's the exchange? Dollar ex- 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 <laughs> what is it? The <laughs> <laughs> exchange rate now, I think it's like 14 rand a dollar or something. Yeah, like so that. it's even less than that. Yeah. So it's less than, less less than, than a dollar a day. And just... Yeah, myself and a fellow adventurer went into Swaziland, no transport, hiked across the border and missioned around in Swaziland for seven days without any money, basically. It was tough. It was pretty cool. Some cool stories from that trip. So yeah, check it out. Seven days in Swaziland with 70 grand. Cool. Sweet.